very good Monday. Welcome to today's edition of the Maya Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature agricultural news reports, I'll bring you national and regional agricultural news headlines. And I'll start with regional ag news right after this. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, Bee Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559 467 9699. Bee Hero, superior bees, superior pollination. Some agricultural fields in California were completely submerged in water on Friday, January 13th, amid heavy flooding caused by atmospheric river storms, which have devastated the state since late December. Several more rounds of stormy weather are expected through the rest of this week and into next week, prompting state and federal officials to plead with Californians to stay alert. Thousands of acres of farmland could be inundated in Monterey County, where flood warnings are in effect for the Salinas River. The storms have put a dent in the state's long drought, but have caused flooding power outages and at least 19 deaths. On Saturday, February 4th, the industry will gather for the heist featuring Ocean's 58, a casino night at the Long M. Pasadena. The Fresh Produce and Floral Council will honor the past FPFC chairs, outgoing board members, and welcome new board members. A highlight of the evening will be the council's formal honoring the past FPFC chairs. The honorees will be featured with a video presentation. The evening will also feature the formal introduction of the 2023 board of directors. Corey Martinoppi will pass the gavel to Michael shut of Rayleigh's, but will remain on the board as past chair representative, replacing Sean McClure of Professional Produce, who will remain on the board as past chair representative, and Kristen Reed of Mixtech Group will serve as the chair-elect. Rachel Shulkin of Calavo has joined the FPFC's executive committee as secretary, and Brian Presley of Albertsons will serve as a treasurer. Roger Schroeder will continue to serve as honorary advisor to the board, and they would like to introduce Marvin Quebec of Quebec distributing as the newest honorary advisor to the board. Los Angeles-based direct agriculture lender Pact Capital has announced it is financing a $20 million permanent loan secured by 1,400-plus acres of pistachios in California's Central Valley. The borrower, a farmer and marketer of both conventional and organic pistachios, was seeking a long-term lending relationship to assist with growth and new development. The credit facility they provided allows a borrower to improve cash flow from a reduced cost of capital while recapitalizing its balance sheet through a portion of cash out according to PAC Capital President and CEO Adam Mortanian. He says they are proud to have been able to play a role in the ongoing growth of yet another farming organization. By leveraging decades of farming experience coupled with institutional capital management, PAC Capital has been rapidly expanding its permanent agriculture lending division based in Fresno, covering the California and Arizona markets. As a relationship lender, PAC provides borrowers with short- to long-term permanent facilities as well as real estate lines of credit secured to farm and ranch land. By leveraging the principal's real-world farming experience and employing local credit decisions, expert crop cash flow analysis, and SGMA mitigating techniques, PAC Capital is continuing to support its farmer relationships in the wake of rising SGMA implications, compressed commodity yields, and increased labor costs. As California continues to extend new governance and acclimate to ongoing drought conditions, farmers and landowners have been affected by SGMA limitations, creating caution among most real estate lenders today. As a result, PAC Capital's SGMA mitigation management and expert water analysis helps fill the void, according to PACT. 
The Perfect Puree of Napa Valley, the leading U.S. producer of premium fruit purees for culinary and beverage professionals, introduces lime zest, joining lemon zest and orange zest to round out the Perfect Puree's family of zests. Sales have opened via the online shop and food service distributors. Zesting fruit by hand can be a labor-intensive process, which is why orange zest and lemon zest are especially revered by bakers who rely heavily on zest. With the addition of lime zest, the Perfect Puree encompasses 41 products that help busy chefs maintain quality and consistency and save time in a kitchen. Their zests have crossed into the bar as well, adding a special zing to craft cocktails and zero-proof creations. Equitable Food Initiative, the workforce development and certification organization that partners with growers, farm workers, retailers, and consumer groups, announced that Ag Socio, an agricultural labor and service provider operating in California and Arizona, is the first company to complete an initial verification of EFI's farm labor contractor standards as part of a pilot program. To receive verification to EFI's farm labor contractor standards, Ag Socio had to form, train, and maintain a functional worker management team, led by this body, Ag Socio engaged its workforce to strengthen the management systems required by EFI's FLC standards and underwent an audit and corrective action process to achieve its verified status. With support from the Walmart Foundation, EFI launched the pilot program to verify that farm labor contractors meet the same rigorous labor standards that growers commit to in the farm certification program. The pilot program will be evaluated once all participating farm labor contractors finish the audit and verification process. Farm labor contractors supply a large portion of the fresh produce workforce. According to the California Department of Industrial Relations, there are nearly 1,200 farm labor contractors with current registrants in the state alone. To this point, the produce industry has not offered a program by which contractors can demonstrate that they uphold responsible labor practices throughout the recruitment, contracting, and deployment of their workforce. Ag Socio is an ag labor and service provider operating in California and Arizona that helps clients comply and compete in the highly regulated and rapidly evolving agricultural labor market. Their mission is to build a more just, safe, professionally efficient, and competitive agricultural employment system to benefit farmers, farm workers, and a broader food industry, according to the company. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. Roger Duncan, a UC Cooperative Extension Pomology Advisor for Stanislaw County, says choosing the right rootstock is as important, if not more so, than picking the right scion variety. Along with fellow farm advisors elsewhere in the Central Valley, Duncan has conducted field trials looking at the performance of several almond rootstocks over several years. He recently wrapped up one established in 2011 that involved 16 different rootstocks, all grafted with non-perel. The almond industry many years ago was very limited. It did, we really didn't have a lot of a lot of rootstocks, and it wasn't until 
oh gosh, the, you know, the, the 70s or so when there was more research into the development of, of hybrid rootstocks and we started to see some new hybrid rootstocks come in and, and we just saw some big advantages to many of these newer rootstocks over Lovell and Nemegard. So the impetus is just to continue to, uh, to find new rootstocks that protect us against soil diseases and other abiotic factors like, uh, like salt and high pH, alkaline soils and that sort of a thing. Duncan's trial near Wesley on the San Joaquin's Valley west side involved four different groupings of rootstocks. In the end, he said he found some performed better than others under conditions that included high chloride or salt levels. Uh, so in the trial in, in Wesley, on the west side of Stanislaw County, we have about 16 different rootstocks. And so uh, there's a lot of different genetics in there. Some of these are peach only. Some are crosses between a couple of, of peach species. We have peach and almond almond and peach and almond and plum. So there's a whole lot of different combinations in that trial. And what we find is that rootstocks that have almond, obviously they tend to be more vigorous. They tend to protect us much more against salt, uh, and especially chloride. Chloride was a big problem out in that trial uh, in the uh, rootstocks like Lovell and Nemegard and Crimsk 86. But uh, the trees that are on the peach almond hybrids like Hansen and Nichols and Cornerstone perform much better in, in high chloride, high sodium areas. Since growers are locked into rootstock choices for the life of the orchard, Duncan recommended they first do their homework. That includes conducting a series of soil analyses to identify potential issues, such as nematodes. He also recommended looking at old aerial images to find potential weak spots and sampling those areas too. I think it's important to try to pair the right rootstock with your particular situation. So before you choose your rootstock, you need to do a good job of sampling the soil, look at it, do a chemical analysis, do a nematode analysis, look at old aerial photographs to find areas that uh, might be problem areas and sample those areas in particular. And once you have all that information of uh, the, the soil chemistry and nematode data and all of that, then you can make a decision uh, you know, which, which rootstocks would be best. And we now, we have this new rootstock guide that we have just put out and uh, it, it lists uh, most of the commonly available rootstocks and all of their the good things and the bad things I guess for, for each rootstock. Vigor is a trait that growers typically consider when choosing a rootstock but Duncan said having an overly vigorous one may not be as concerning as once thought. He pointed to research that has shown planting with tighter spacings tends to help rein them in. Well, peach almond hybrids, for instance, tend to be very, very strong, very vigorous. And I think in the past especially, we have been very nervous about planting really vigorous rootstocks in an orchard because they grow very large. The fear is that they could shade each other. Uh, but I think that over time, we've, we've seen that it really has not been as big of a problem. And the other thing that we're noticing is that it, when you plant trees closer together down the row, they act, you can actually control their size. So even a, a, a very vigorous tree like a Hanson rootstock, if you put the trees you know, 14 feet apart or so, they actually force each other to stay smaller. And uh, so I, th I think that maybe the concern about having overly vigorous rootstocks, overly vigorous trees, uh, might have been overblown in the past. I think we, we've learned that we can control that. To help almond growers make rootstock decisions, UC has two new tools. Extension recently published a tri-fold rootstock guide that outlines the pluses and minuses of each of the common ones. 
In addition, Duncan said UC recently launched an online database tool that allows growers to look at an entire list of rootstocks and their attributes. They also can search by different traits, such as ring nematode resistance. In addition, they can compare rootstocks, much like online shoppers can do when comparing appliances. We have a new printed rootstock guide, um, but we also have a, a new rootstock tool that is available on the Fruit and Nut Center website, uh, which is uh, affiliated with UC Davis, and it's um, fruitsandnuts.ucdavis.edu, and there is a, a rootstock comparison page. You can look at all of the rootstocks that are there. You click on each rootstock, and it'll give you all the characteristics of all of these rootstocks. And there's also a tool where you can compare the rootstocks. Or if you're looking for a specific trait, if you want something that is uh, resistant to ring nematode, for instance, you can click on that button. If you're looking for something that is sodium tolerant, you can click on that button, and you can it'll pull up the best rootstocks for those situations. Then you can also compare rootstocks side by side, just like you're looking at a, a new refrigerator or something. So it's a, it's a really handy online tool that uh, should be able to help you make your decision. The website that Duncan referenced was https colon slash slash fruitsandnuts dot ucdavis.edu slash crops slash almonds. Then click on the almond rootstock database on the right hand side. The trifold rootstock guide also is available for download from the same web page. This is Vicki Boyd reporting for My Ag Life. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero, Superior Bees, Superior Pollination. U.S. food shoppers are trying and buying more imported food and drink items despite higher prices for them. USDA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford has more. Are you buying and consuming more food and drink items produced in some other country? If so, you're not alone. In fact, our purchases of foreign agricultural products are taking us into record territory as far as food imports. During the first 11 months of 2022, we consumers spent 17% more money on foreign food and farm items than we did during the same 11 months of 2021. And if you look at last year's ag imports month by month, the entire year has been the highest on record. At over $182 billion worth, this from Agriculture Department Economist and Trade Trend Tracker, say that three times fast, Trade Trend Tracker, Bart Ketter. He says prices for most imported foods are going up, in some cases up by a lot. But Bart says it doesn't seem to matter. This tends to support, he says, an old economic standby rule of price elasticity. Yes, in other words, yes, the prices of most imported foods and ag products are rising. But we're not changing our, our purchasing behavior because of those price increases. We're continuing as consumers to, to buy the same amounts or even a little bit more, continuing upward trends in almost every category that we're tracking here. So what are we buying and why? Bart says when it comes to imported foods... 
a big part of that is fresh and frozen fruits. And, you know, that's not a huge surprise. There's a lot of demand for fruits and different kinds of fruits and for those things to be available year-round. And, of course, the climate within the U.S. doesn't allow for producing a lot of those fruits year-round. And so we get a lot of those things from warmer climates. So top of the imported list, fruit, sales of which are up 13% from 2021. Next highest would be vegetables, not surprisingly, for a lot of the same reasons. Those imports up 11%, but it's not just fruits and veggies here. The growing list of imported foods is a long one. U.S. spending on imported vegetable oils has been up 42% during 2022. Demand has been up for those products, and the, the value has been up because of demand, but also because of some of the vegetable oil-producing areas of the world have experienced some adverse weather conditions and reduced that supply some. But we haven't cut back on purchases. Same story for some comfort foods or ingredients that go into them, such as... Cocoa and cocoa products, which are up 44%. And that's mainly due to value. By volume, cocoa and products are only up 4%. But we're still buying more despite the higher prices. Bart says we consumers are also spending more to buy more of many imported products, including cheese, wine, distilled spirits, and coffee. And he's forecasting that trend to continue in 2023. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. National Association of State Departments of Agriculture members and leadership traveled to Vietnam recently. The delegation embarked on the organization's first trade mission to explore global emerging markets through the Department of Agriculture Emerging Markets Program. The delegation explored trading opportunities and educated Vietnamese agricultural, government, and business leaders on American agriculture and markets. NASDA was recently awarded $925,000 from USDA to promote exports of U.S. agricultural products to developing countries with strong growth potential, including Vietnam. NASDA will also conduct trade missions to Thailand, Indonesia, and Kenya in 2023. NASDA is a nonpartisan nonprofit association that represents the elected and appointed commissioners, secretaries, and directors of the Departments of Agriculture in all 50 states and four U.S. territories. Agriculture faces a handful of issues in 2023, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. During a panel discussion at their recent annual convention in Puerto Rico, AFBF Chief Economist Roger Cryan told attendees that global food insecurity is rising. After decades of improvement in food security around the world, we've got growing numbers of folks who are not really find it easy to feed themselves and their family. There's been a big bump. About 200 million more people were food insecure in the world in 2021 than there were three or four years before that. And there's a lot of things behind that. After 40 years of good fortune, Cryan says there are many challenges in 2023. The fall of the Soviet Union opened up markets in those former Soviet republics, the same Soviet Union that couldn't feed itself and had to buy grain from the U.S. in the 70s. Now Russia and Ukraine are two of the world's breadbaskets. We've got continuing benefits from the Green Revolution and biotech and precision ag. We've had benefits, enormous benefits from the expansion of free trade that allows folks to do what they do best. We've had stable growth and stable inflation, and we've had a lot of peace. And now we've got a lot of challenges. Cryan says the Russia-Ukraine war is one of the bigger challenges, among others. War 
has hit us in a very tough spot in terms of world food supplies because not only have been grains cut off and production will be down in Ukraine next year, fertilizer supplies from those parts of the world are also been cut off. There's been a move away from free markets in places like China and Russia. We're falling behind on free trade. Free trade is no longer popular. We have perceived environmental challenges and real environmental challenges. We have a growing population and not only is the population growing, but they demand a better diet. And we have rising farm input costs. And inflation and interest rates are another challenge facing the economy and agriculture. We are facing the highest inflation we've faced in 40 years. That was all because the Federal Reserve Bank chose to stimulate demand in the economy where supply was the issue. And now they're trying to deal with it by raising interest rates. These interest rates that the Fed sets really have a big impact on short-term interest rates, which raises the cost of operating loans and so forth. But it also, the combination of uh, rising inflation and the higher short-term interest rates has contributed to higher long-term interest rates. Hopefully, these have already peaked, but all that is promising some problems in 2023 and 2024. We'll be talking about the cost of credit in 2025 and beyond. We'll be talking about the burden of debt. Still, there are positives for farmers and ranchers. U.S. agriculture facing record production costs also enjoys record farm income. AFBF advises farmers to plan, know your break-even points, manage controllable variables, and preserve working capital. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.